Hi everybody, it's Tiana Dodson, and I'm here to talk about relative fatness versus absolute fatness. I, hmm, I don't actually know where I came up with this idea, but, um, you know, so many of the things that I do in my work and that I teach about and help people work through are not things that are necessarily my own um, original ideas. My work definitely is standing on the shoulders of the queer, black, and fat activists that have come before me. And um, though I don't know all their names or their histories or what their significant achievements were, I know that I'm not the first, I'm not the only, and God forbid I be the last. So um, yeah, this is, uh, this is my contribution based on lots of other contributions. Um, and it was something that sort of came from a person asking me, am I fat? And they were asking me that because we were having a conversation about the struggles that they were having, you know, finding clothing that fit their body and how they felt about themselves and their body image and such things. And it was a very natural question to be asking someone like me whose work centers around fatness. So I didn't find it a ridiculous question because I don't think that there's any such thing as a stupid question um, because you don't know what you don't know. And I really appreciate that this person who asked me this question felt comfortable enough to ask me such a vulnerable question. Um, so in response, I told them about my theory of absolute fatness versus relative fatness or relative fatness versus absolute fatness. And this is how I describe these two terms. So the difference between relative fatness and absolute fatness, um, these two terms, relative and absolute, come from the world of mathematics um, in some ways. And basically, my borrowing wholesale of these uh, have to do with kind of how these sort of experiences work. So a great example of somebody who is a relative fat person is um, Khloe Kardashian. Now, I'm not a big fan of the Kardashians. I don't think that uh, they're really contributing a lot of very useful things to the world. Um, but they are great examples for a lot of things, especially when you're somebody who um, is talking about justice and um, the differences in, in body size and challenging beauty norms and standards and things like that. So they're very rich text for such a thing. Um, but either way, Khloe Kardashian is quote unquote, the fat Kardashian. And I find that quite amusing because if you look at Khloe Kardashian, she's not a fat person. If you're somebody who has any sort of fat politic, um, there's nothing really about Khloe Kardashian that is fat. However, when you compare her to the rest of the Kardashian sisters, um, they are all quite petite and small, wispy people. Um, 
you know, naturally or otherwise. But basically, besides their um, body modifications, they are small waisted people and small bodied people. Um, so Chloe, who happens to be just tall and well built, is somebody who is classified as a fat person in that group of folk. And it's an unfair classification because fat is not at all what she is, yet that is also the pejorative usage of the word fat to, you know, other someone and to make sure that they are very, very, very much aware of the fact that they are different physically than other people around them. Um, however, in spite of how quote unquote fat Chloe may be when she's within the Kardashian clan, when she leaves and goes out into the wider world and walks around society, she's no longer classified as fat. She's not somebody who is suffering from um, any kind of stigma when she, you know, gets on public transportation if she does such things or um, goes to a doctor's office. She's probably not being met with questions about, you know, um, how she got that way or what she's eating or, or assumptions that, that she's doing harmful things to herself because her body is larger. So this is one of the ways where you can be someone who is fat within a certain smaller community, but in the wider society, you are not suffering from the same sorts of stigmas or phobias that are applied to people of larger bodies. However, that doesn't mean that you don't have negative feelings about yourself or negative experiences when you're in that small community. So the difference between that, relative fatness, I hope I've explained that well, an absolute fatness is that absolute fatness is someone like me. I am an absolutely fat person. And what that means is that as soon as I show up, as soon as I walk into the room, as soon as I get on the bus, as soon as I open the door, you see me and you know that I'm fat. There is no question about my body size, um, if I'm fat or not when you see me, regardless of who I'm with or how many people are in the room or the space, um, I am fat regardless of where I am or what I'm doing. And because of this, I am treated to a lot of stigmatizing sort of behaviors um, and really harmful sorts of things where people are, you know, trying to quote unquote, help me by telling me how fat I am and how easy it is to lose weight if I just put down the cake and pick up the celery, you know, or like I need to get up off my fat ass and, and, um, you know, just do some walking because walking's so good for me. Um, like I am subject to medical fat phobia, which basically makes it very difficult for me to take care of myself as a chronically ill person because I am always being peppered with questions about have I lost weight and why, if I have not lost weight, what am I doing wrong? Um, it's really hard to be a fat person um, because you, you experience stigma everywhere you go and it has real consequences on your life on the things that you can do, not because you're big necessarily, because there are physical limitations um, in some 
ways, like for example, zip lining is not the easiest thing to do if you're a large person. Um, however, like it's not impossible because, you know, physically it is possible to zip line as a large person. Um, but most zip lines are not designed for people above a certain weight. And that's the problem. The problem with being a fat person and being an absolute fat person is access. Most things are not designed with you or your body in mind or the way your body functions. Um, yoga is something that's very popular these days. But the fact of the matter is, is that yoga was a um, or is a, a, a physical practice and a lifestyle that was created for Brahmin men in India um, who happened to have certain types of bodies. And so the great majority of yoga poses require um, a ridiculous amount of flexibility, which is something that you can achieve because you don't really have anything in the way. Um, however, for me, a forward fold is something I can totally do, except that when I do a forward fold and I reach down to touch my toes, the things that are keeping me from achieving the very perfect toe touch um, that I'm quote unquote supposed to be aiming for is that I have large breasts and I have a big fat belly and I have large thighs that touch, you know, like these things are impeding me from being able to touch my toes the way I'm quote unquote supposed to be. And um, these are access issues because people keep trying to tell me how I can better do this or how much work I need to do, how much more flexibility I need to have in order to achieve this. When in fact, maybe these are things I do not need because I am able to do these things just differently because I have a different body. So when you're an absolute fat person, the stigma is coming at you from all directions. You are constantly being... Um, either told that you cannot be accommodated or flat out not being accommodated. Um, and this is the biggest difference between relative fatness and absolute fatness. Relative fatness means that maybe you have a shitty experience in one area of your life and, and um, an experience and, and, and interaction. Absolute fatness means you are more than likely to have shitty experiences kind of everywhere you go and with everyone and everything you do. And uh, that's the shitty part. That's the really shitty part. So this is not to say that fat phobia and weight stigma, diet culture, and the worship of thinness does not harm relatively fat people. It's something, these, these systems are things that harm all of us, regardless of what our bodies look like. However, people who are absolutely fat, especially people who tend to be on the larger end of absolute fatness, um, we are being affected more than anybody else. And that's why the work needs to be centered on the absolutely fat, not on the relatively fat. So yes, you might be fat, regardless of what your body actually looks like. But if you're someone who is only relatively fat versus being absolutely fat, then your work is to make the world a better place, 
for the absolutely fat. Because once you make the world a better place for the absolutely fat of us out there, the world becomes a better place for all of us. So, thanks for listening. I have been Tiana Dodson. Bye now.